Welcome to the Creative Poison Podcast, Season 2, dedicated to the art of storytelling. It's a cold February in New York City, but we promise you to warm up your heart and ignite your senses with the voluptuous journey of the month that every year celebrates love in all of its forms. We are lucky enough to be joined this month by some very powerful voices. Of the today's art and literature scene, who have been ventured in the realms of romance, sensuality, sexual emancipation, and women's and gender studies. And now I leave you with our first special guest of the month fine art photographer and master of visual storytelling, Reka Niari, who Daniela and I interviewed at the Black Book Gallery in Brooklyn. Where she is currently exhibiting her ink series. So, ready, set, and fall in love. Today, we started this romantic journey at the Black Book Gallery in Dumbo, New York. There is a showing an enchanting exhibition, the Ink series by artist and photographer Reka Niari, a master of visual storytelling, who I met a couple of years ago here in New York at the presentation of her book Geisha Ink, that engages cultural narratives surrounding gender and sexuality through photography. Welcome, Reka. We are thank you. We are so honored to have you in conversation with us today. Thanks for having me. So let's begin our interview.、Uh, we are in February. It's、uh, the so-called month of love. So I would like to start by asking you, what's love got to do with you? And so, what does love mean to you? Do you have an image, a photograph of it in your mind when you think of love? The first thing I think I think about is my family,、of、my、course. amazing husband of 15、mm-hmm. years, who is、oh, wow. super sweet and supportive、um, and amazing, and then our four-year-old daughter.、Oh, that's and amazing. I feel like I'm in love, and I love them very much, and just fills my heart with happiness <laughs> to think of them. Well, I think this is a wonderful picture of love.、Yeah. So thank you for sharing it with us. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. And、uh, talking about photographs, we are here today surrounded by your wonderful art. So, what do you think the storytelling community is? I have a perception, personally, that once a body is naked, it's there when the body tells and shows everything about itself. When we are、uh, naked with our body, we are also naked with our emotions, and I think that specifically. When we venture into sexuality, that's where we kind of like come to life in a way. What do you think? I think when we are naked, whether being photographed or otherwise, we are in a little bit more vulnerable position,、mm-hmm. and we are in kind of a truthful position. And how we carry ourselves, and how we even look around ourselves, or our our, our gestures, or a gaze, or Even the way that we walk or talk, it says so much about us and the experiences that we've had. Both in sometimes a negative and positive context, we carry our our trials and tribulations and our strengths with us.、Um, and I think、um, once you remove the fashion and the outfits, 
it's it takes the the very fashion aspect out of the photos and they become a lot more um, lasting and timeless and timeless so thinking about like the exhibition that is on today at the black book gallery so you are displaying the ink series which i'm very interested to know everything about it so you tell the stories of different type of women stories of abuse and survival of death and, and resurgence so why did you choose ink specifically as a pictorial element you know, to paint the stories on their bodies, like a brush that writes and marks on their skins, both the struggles and the romance that they have been going through. I've always been fascinated by portraiture and finding something a little bit deeper, not just taking a beautiful picture of a beautiful woman. I want to kind of mm -hmm. find out the darkness and, and, and the edge behind behind that person. Um, and when I first started shooting women with extensive tattooing, I found out their stories. And in these cases, truth was stranger than fiction. And I was fascinated with how truly, in many cases, the ink on the skin is actually the person's story literally written on their body. Mm -hmm. So you have the story of the body, story of the nude form, and then you have the tattoo story on top of it. So it felt like it was truly like a story within a story within a story. Like a layer. layer right. Multi-layered. Um, and I was just fascinated and amazed by the resilience and the narrative that these women had. Um, and uh, I wanted to tell the story to the world. Can you give us like a couple of examples of these stories? That yes, you told of course, there are so many. Um, but uh, for example, the first woman that I shot, Ginzilla, I didn't know her story. I just, I saw her, I was fascinated by her look. And we did this um, portrait session in my studio in Soho. And when I shot her and got to know her, um, I found out that she had grown up in a very um, traditional family where her mother was very controlled and she wasn't allowed to go out, listen to rock music, dress provocatively, um, do any of the things that a teenage woman would want to do. Yeah. So she rebelled and she started dating a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. And um, after her first tattoo, covered her entire body by tattoos designed by her, but done by her lovers. Wow. Famously has never paid for a wow. tattoo. Um, and it's kind of this love story written on her body and at the time of the shoot, her family still had no idea that she had any tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. because she would cover up. She would wear long sleeve okay. shirts oh, and long time. pants. And um, and it was this quiet rebellion on her skin. Got um, it. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Yes. That's truly an exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> and from uh, from that first shoot, I've shot now women, eight women around the world, uh, and more coming. And each one of them has a very unique and special story. story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I am also fascinated by some of your quotes that I found, uh, you know, in some of the interviews that you did in the past. And you once said, female sexuality is the most powerful thing in the world. And I think this is really the truth. And um, why do you think, though, that so many people are ashamed or scared you know about it? And, um, and, what, uh, and what difference do you see if, if you see it? A difference between the concepts of beauty, sexuality, and vulnerability. So I think there, it's all about control, right? So if you control this powerful, beautiful thing, you control the world. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. we can see it from all True. different societies yes. and religions that they really focus on controlling female sexuality, mm -hmm. sexuality mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. You can be beautiful, sexual, and vulnerable, and all of those yeah. things separately. Um, 
Yeah, and yeah. all can be part of yourself because yes. somehow, I uh, as a woman, um, you know, there are uh, different moments also during the day where I feel the free of that, but also when you know, some, somehow when I feel uh, beautiful, it's like I feel more powerful than sexual, <laughs> but at the same time less vulnerable, even though you become more vulnerable when you feel all of that together. So it's like um, a controversial thing. Yeah, but yeah. Of these things, right? Yes, and I agree also with the control part that you said earlier, because I think that a lot, I mean, somehow uh, a lot of people might feel ashamed of it because culturally they say things uh, or teach things to us. And, uh, and I agree that this is to control probably people and this doesn't allow us to feel free and probably yes. this is also why uh, you know um, there are so many people who are finally starting uh, revealing themselves uh, uh, through many different you know angles and I believe that our body is the most powerful angle that we have to mm -hmm. share stories yeah. so. And I think it's also important for women to claim back their own sexuality and nudity. And the more we normalize it, the more power it has right. instead yes. of, right. you know, shaming right. our bodies yes. and making, you know, public nudity or nipples such a controversial thing. Right. We, you know? we will go to that point yeah, later because, yes. yeah. 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 And also, you recently published um, on your Instagram account a series of pictures that you took for the campaign, My Body Belongs to Me, which uh, I agree with you is a super relevant today and um, and you shot over 60 women from all backgrounds ages and sizes to protest against the control over the female bodies so also you made headlines all over the world because this campaign was censored by facebook yes. and i would love to know a little bit more about that yeah so, i was i was inspired by a young tunisian woman called amina tyler and she did some self-portraits that she put on social media with her nipples out and then she got death threats mm -hmm. and had to escape her family it was a huge uproar um, um, in Tunisia and women from all over the world started posting pictures of themselves in unison to her saying if you're gonna kill her you might as well kill all of us mm -hmm. so I, I figured out we could do something in New York and yes. a lot of women came forward and I was actually you know for me I'm I'm kind of used to nudity I'm used to being topless I grew up in Finland I grew up in mm -hmm. the land of sauna mm -hmm. I've worked with a lot of my artist friends and um, and for me, nudity is not a big issue, but I was I shot so many women in New York who post maybe for the first time, they post naked or topless. Yep. And it was this empowering moment of saying, you know, I'm not ashamed of my breast. You know, even if, you know, my kid's teacher sees this, you know, I'm not going to be ostracized. Because right. there is this stigma attached to nudity yeah. e equals to... Yes. To and specifically with female nude, nudity, female nudity. when it comes to yeah. males, you, you, know. can, you can be naked, yeah. you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it was really empowering and wonderful, and um, and so we released this campaign, and and uh, it actually ended up making headlines less for the nudity, but more that I had to censor all the nipples for Facebook, <laughs> and right. so I have this powerful campaign without any of the nipples. Meanwhile, <laughs> violence is completely okay. You know, exactly. guns are okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know yeah. this female yeah. nipple that's actually meant for nourishing your child. Exactly, I, it's so yeah. controversial. Once something shocking. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I believe really that you know the strength of that campaign was uh, also about uh, 
getting people to show themselves yes. for who they really are. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, uh, having uh, the, the possibility to expose yourself mm -hmm. in, uh, in a campaign like that with yes. such a strong message, yes. uh, in my opinion, uh, really um, creates the community yes. around that and plus shows how we as women are strong and much stronger than probably society wants us to of be. Of course, absolutely. So, and um, and uh, and I am really surprised that actually Facebook censored it because of the nipples, rather than you know trying to support it right. because yeah. of the message. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's very double standard. Um, yeah, male nipples are fine. Exactly. Male nipples Why are, are fine. Yes. 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 Ours yes. are not. Yeah. Even though, as you said, ours actually are meant to nourish child. Yes. Right. That's really, the purpose of. Yeah. Rest. I agree. Right. So do you think that we are still, you know, in a very patriarchal society and that's one of the reasons why, you know, the female body is so uh, vandalized and, uh, you know, and, and criticized? I mean, I think it's, America is still very puritanical. Right, puritanical. And, and um, I think that it's not so much about necessarily male control. Women are some of the right. biggest critics of mm -hmm, other women. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but I think the female body is really sexualized. You know, even like things like breastfeeding in public is a taboo <laughs> here. Right. And, it's true. It's, uh, yes. But, you know, wearing a, you know, um, or having a Victoria's Secret uh, advertisement. Lingerie. Like lingerie is fine. So there are paradoxes. Yeah. What do you think, if there's a difference in between erotic art and pornography, yeah. what, what's your take on that? Well, I actually like to take it a little further. I view like the nudes that I do are non-erotic nudes mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I take them to tintillate necessarily. It's not to make the viewer have erotic feelings Got or it. to turn them on. It's, mm -hmm. it's really um, statements. I'm, when I'm shooting each woman, they're really making statements about themselves, coming out of sorts. Um, really they're not trying to tintillate the viewer it's it, it's it's like this is who I am yeah I am beautiful I'm powerful yes. but I don't necessarily have want to have sex with you whereas <laughs> I feel like a lot of erotic photography is there to really tintillate the viewer it's a turn it. you on there's a this kind of like sexual interplay and even though the women are sexual and they're in power of her sexuality it is not really there for the viewer yeah right Right, so you yeah. think that's, that kind of like pornography or erotic art is more on the objectivation yeah. side of like I mean, showing off uh, the female body or the male body. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I feel like there's non-sexualized nude. Nudes, right. not every nude photograph is erotic. And there's sexualized, sexualized nudes. And then there's sexualized, and then there's porno pornography where I think we can see a clear line when something yes. is erotic and then when something is pornographic. Got it, yeah. yeah. So I, have a, so I have a question for you. I think like I think I, I'm I'm getting your your philosophy, but my question would be like, what the word morality means to you? Um, I, <laughs> I think you know, for me, something it's morally just is that when you are doing something that you and the other people who are involved all are into it, and mm -hmm. there's no children or animals. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> if we're talking about erotic context, um, I think, you know, some people would view it like morally, I think there's so many, depending again on your religion or your background or right. way that you, you got raised. For me, if, you know, you're doing what you want to do and everybody involved wants to be there, I think yes. it's, you know, I think yeah. it's okay. 
And then some people are into other things, some people are, aren't. You know, you don't have to be involved in that, you know. Right. I think we should have a just society where a lot of things are legal, yes. as long as mm -hmm. nobody's getting hurt. Let's go back a little bit to your story. So, you, you were born, as you said, in Finland, so yeah. in Helsinki, and you grew up between Finland and Hungary, and then moved to New York in your late teenager years yeah. to study at the SBA. So, if you can think of two photographs, what's your inner portrait of your hometown and your roots, and what's your snapshot in time of New York? So when I was when I was little, when I was growing up, I was actually really shy and I was really withdrawn. I feel like I had, you know, I was an artist always, but um, I, I felt like I was probably a little bit lost. I was a tomboy, um, and I would probably say like one of my I don't know what photograph would really describe me. Um, maybe like well, something that would have a feeling of isolation, like at the New York, nude York, nudes yes. that I did, of mm -hmm. yes. being alone in this city and kind of finding yourself and finding your way. Um, and then when I got to New York is when, you know, I had years of going to art school and, and I was still kind of a bit of a loner. And after I graduated, I, I worked in nightlife and I was, you know, um, really kind of came out of my shell and uh, <laughs> I was trying to pay for all my all yes. my rent and my artist bills. And, and uh, New York uh, is kind yeah, of a, a complicated thing. Yes. Um, but um, I think I, my first series that actually started my life of photography um, was called Late Night Sessions. And I would come home from working at this club and serving bottle service for all these like crazy drunk people and I would take self-portraits and it was like therapy and and you know it was kind of like I couldn't go to sleep at 5 a.m. I was shooting myself and going through all these emotions and um, all these characters and I think that would describe like my formative <laughs> New York <laughs> New York years of craziness and finding myself and finding my artistic way. Yes, yes. I like it both, you know, this <laughs> representation yeah. of yourself in, the, in these two different moments of your life. Yeah. And it's a very interesting also storyline about how actually then you became the artist you are now. And um, so how do you think these two different environments actually inspired you as, um, as an artist, as the artist that you are today? And uh, as you uh, mentioned earlier, I mean, uh, the new New York series, What's the inspiration behind, even though you uh, already told a little bit about yeah. that? I would like to dig a little bit more into yeah. that. I mean, I think everybody has different sides of their personality, right? <laughs> so I have a side that's also really introverted and quiet and like, you know, I like to work on all these concepts on my, by myself and and um, I also have like a dark quality that I think I, I have from like being growing up in Finland that's kind right. of very melancholic and I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed but I guess I love horror <laughs> and, and I love dark things and my friends are always like stop like you know You're don't right. you know I'm, I'm really attracted yes. <laughs> yes. to darkness um, and but um but then I'm also super social and part of why I love doing photography is yes. that I get to meet so many amazing people yeah. and work with amazing people and create something together. I'm not just, right. you know, in a dark room by myself <laughs> creating. So um, I think those two, you know, I think photography is, is something that combines those two aspects really yeah. nicely. Yes, I agree. Introverted and social. And, uh, and I like also about the New York series, uh, what you said earlier, it was a way to um, talk about uh, 
being uh, alone in New York yeah. and and, uh, and how you can actually express yourself and find your true essence yeah. in a city so full of people but then where actually is not that easy to connect Absolutely. but I guess that also through your art as you said you, you you're building also those connections with all the people you are working with Absolutely. And, uh, and that yeah. is amazing and I you really captured like the whole yeah. series quite well the New York, New York. <laughs> it's really like about that it's the strength in the city, how beautiful and big it is, but then your kind of your small, more vulnerable form yes. has a hard time sometimes penetrating yeah. in there. But it's very interesting. You were saying that there's kind of like of um, you know an interest for aesthetic in yes. a way, and reading about some of the uh, the influences from some of the artists that influence your your work. There are some directors like Roman Polaski, D David Lynch, and then photographers like Helmut Newton, Guy Bourdin, Miles Aldridge. So how did they shape you as an artist growing up? I think one thing that's common with all of the artists that you mentioned is that they're, they're love for the narrative, so they're mm -hmm. storytellers. Right. And I always felt like, felt like I was a storyteller even when I went to art school and I was studying painting. I felt like I was more of an illustrator. So I didn't want to do the finished piece. I wanted to tell the story behind it. I wanted to have the process and the kind of the essence of the person. And, and also, I, you know, I love, I love that darkness, that kind of weirdness and edginess that all of, um, all of the directors right. and artists that you mentioned have. Right, right. So go deep <laughs> into the discovery of the human soul yeah. and, and all the, of its different shades. Absolutely. Right. And maybe go somewhere that isn't so comfortable. It's not just right. about happiness and smiles. Yeah. Right. I'm very happy that you're saying this because this series is our second series. It's, it's dedicated about storytelling. Story yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. You're perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I can see actually a narrative, you know, a dichotomy between light and darkness that you play with, mm -hmm. with, your, yes. uh, with your nudes. So kind of like see all the, the spectrum of the, the human beings. Yeah. Human beings. So you're saying that you're a storyteller, that's what drives you to, to tell stories. What is your, like, what do you want to inspire your audience to go back home with? I always say that if you feel something, mm -hmm. even if you're disturbed and it's a negative feeling, it's much better for me that somebody looks at my art and says, huh, huh, whatever, right. like and walks by. Right. And for me, if somebody is like, cries about it or hates my work or things things that you know it, it bothered them in some way to me that's almost that's a compliment it's but like feel something yeah. feel something feel something I'm, I'm with you like yeah. sometimes when I experience art and maybe that piece of art is violating me in a way yeah I kind of love it because maybe I was, I'm a masochist but in a way that <laughs> it hits some you know some something inside of myself that I need maybe to work uh, to work with or there are maybe the traumas Absolutely. that are hidden and then you know, they come to the surface. And everybody, because, yeah. yeah, you look at the work, it brings up yeah. stuff in you that you feel. So exactly. it's this kind of, maybe you are a little bit disturbing if you're feeling this way by looking at an artwork. Absolutely, you know? I, think that's, I think that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, among your many accomplishments, it is remarkable that, that uh, you know, uh, the work that you have been doing with um, the Human Rights Foundation for many years, uh, shooting uh, portraits of some of the most courageous human rights activists uh, in the world. And um, so what can you tell us about this significant project. Um, yeah, so I, I love shooting all kinds of portraits, not, not just nudes, and um, I've been working with Human Rights Foundation for years, and um, just loved meeting 
human rights activists, but especially to my heart, women's rights activists from yes. around the world that are fighting, you know, yeah. um, child rights and, and uh, female circumcision and, and all kinds of issues. Um, and yeah, it's just been an amazing process to give back a lot of the photographs, a lot of the people have never gotten their photograph taken. And um, yeah, it's, it's an important way of, I guess, for, for them to have their voices or just have their, mm-hmm. have their yeah. portrait taken as well. Yeah, right. and I think also um, following you, I mean, I've been following you for a while, and uh, I like uh, a lot the way that you can really capture uh, the feelings that people have when you look at those pictures, and it, they can be part of your collections, or they can be part of the portraits that you took for the, the Human Rights uh, Foundation, but every single picture tells you something, and uh, you know, communicates something from an emotional perspective. And I think that this is your real strength and talent, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Thank you. That's so sweet of you. That's such an amazing compliment. <laughs> it, it's really what, what, I, what I think. And that's also, you know, why I kept following you through the years. Also, we have a common action for, a, for, for, a, yeah, for an historical personality that is Cleopatra. I've always been very fascinated by her um, charming ability to combine sensuality and, uh, with business and power and political acuity. So I would love to explore what you love about Cleopatra. So because yeah, well, I mean, who doesn't love a <laughs> powerful, I, smart woman right. who dominates the world? Um, um, it's With such an incredible story of, yeah. of bravery, too. Absolutely, and, and reading about her as well, she was such an intelligent strategist that she yes. had babies mm-hmm. with men and then placed them in places where usually at that time women were just stepping stones for another male, exactly. male exactly. Uh, um, the leader, she placed herself in the position on her children by by yeah. playing things just right. <laughs> um, and um, also, interestingly enough, she was the um, victim of one of the first uh, PR uh, campaigns that like tarnished her reputation oh, after yes. her death yes, because true. they called that's her a true. slut and a right, witch, yeah. right, right. and they kind of wanted to destroy her her right. image. Yeah. Similarly, Similarly as women today, yes. if you're a strong yes. sexual woman who does whatever she wants to, yeah. there's a chance yeah. that someone's going to yeah. talk shit about you, right? And yeah. I really think, uh, just because um, somehow, uh, you know, I'm, I'm involved also in the uh, world of business and sales, and so, somehow every sales process, uh, I see it as a seduction process, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to to do anything to do with your body. It's just the way you communicate, in my opinion. And I believe that Cleopatra was the someone everybody should learn from, also from this perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, you are a mom, as you yeah. said earlier. And uh, I would like to explore with you how motherhood uh, uh, affected or changed uh, your work and your perspective in life. Um, I, I, you know, I think I was, I was so worried when I got pregnant that because I work for myself and I'm an artist and I thought I was, you know, I would have this being who would take over all my time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women are worried that it's going to, you know, this child will steal your identity. <laughs> and you, and um, it ha- actually has made me 
a better person. I feel more grounded. Having my daughter actually made me focus on my fine art work because I, I started looking at my career and I, I was thinking, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be as a role model for my daughter as well? What kind of things I want to do? Um, so, and there's something to say, you know, for the time that I'm not with her, I'm trying to use those hours very productively. <laughs> so somebody, you know, if my daughter has, uh, you know, is in daycare or anything else, I'm like, I, I better use that time really well. This is wonderful. And also, uh, considering what you said, thank you for sharing your time with us today. No, today. Of course, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. And as you were saying, like, the mother kind of like uh, put you like in a state of reflection, right? yeah. Re reflecting about you as a woman and as an artist as well. So if you can... Uh, portray like an image of, of a woman in the future that's maybe you or an ideal woman like a photograph what would would that be uh, that's a, I guess that's a hard question I mean I, I hope that as time goes by mm -hmm. you know I feel like right now is a time with the woman yeah. um, I think in the yes. last 10 years everything yes. has changed my daughter grows up looking at different movies different yes. um, different magazine images different models mm -hmm. and advertisements mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. I grew up Right. watching yeah. um, and I hope that we continue going that way and I, I think um, the image I, I love to see more women in power you know more women uniting yes. um, women and men uniting in right. general but but I, I think the more we have equality and acceptance the better the world's gonna be yes I agree, I agree. Right. absolutely so what's next for you in terms of your projects and after this exhibition? Yeah, so the, the show here at Black Book uh, Presents Gallery is going to be up until March 15th. They extended it. Um, and Which I'm working. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I am working still on this ink series for the next year. Um, I have a goal of shooting 10 women. Um, I have a big solo exhibition at mm. Fremen Gallery oh. in Chelsea um, in uh, September and October. Um, and then a book coming out of the whole series okay. and then uh, traveling exhibitions. Nice. I'm still working on the details. But it will be really nice. around the world. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, thank congratulations. You so much. Exciting. <laughs> to follow yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay, so uh, we are towards the end of our episode. I just want like, to uh, tell to our wonderful audience that's been listening to us that if they have any questions, comments for us or for Rika, uh, we invite you to share it on our website, www.creativepoison.com, spelled creative P O I S N. Or on our social media, we have a Facebook page at Creative Poise On and an Instagram account at Creative Poise underscore On. And of course, follow Reka in her wonderful journey as an artist and as a, a wonderful female, yes. empowered female that we yes. love. Yes. <laughs> now, as we always say to conclude, ready, ready set, imagine. imagine. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank you. Thank you.